coming up this week on the Hogbeat Hour brought to you by Rivals.com. I catch you up on all the biggest headlines of the week, including, of course, Arkansas basketball and the coaching search. Plus, we've got an interview with Eric Musselman's director of basketball operations, Anthony Ruda. To stay up to date on your Razorback sports Monday through Sunday, all hours of the day, go to hogbeat.com and subscribe. First-time subscribers can get 30 days free with code HOGS30. That's H-A-W-G-S-30. Let's do it. Everybody, it's Nikki Chavanel from Hogbeat.com. I know there's a lot to talk about today. It's um, Thursday, December 5th. I just got back from talking to Eric Musselman, who previewed the Western Kentucky game, so I'm going to dive right into some Arkansas hoops. Uh, they go on the road to Bowling Green, Kentucky to face Western Kentucky this weekend on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. You can catch that on CBS Sports. Uh, they have a streaming service but hopefully it's better than the SEC Plus games you've probably been uh, subjected to unless you're able to make it to Bud Walton. Um, Arkansas is 8-0, which is obviously incredible for Eric Musselman. Arkansas hasn't been 8-0 since the 1997 season. A first-year head coach for Arkansas hasn't been 8-0 to start the season since uh, like World War II or something, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, their chance to move to 9-0 uh, just stands between them and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky leads the uh, overall. Oh nope, um, Arkansas leads the overall series four to three, but they haven't won um, since 1945. So uh, if you look at the last three meetings, the latest being last season um, at home against Western Kentucky, they've kind of had Arkansas's number, but. Um, Last season, you probably remember the game because it was a very close loss under Mike Anderson. It was 78-77. to Arkansas still had Daniel Gafford. These two teams are pretty different these days. Uh, you can't really judge what happened last year and uh, predict this game, especially Arkansas. I mean, their team is so much different now. Their defense has been absolutely outstanding. Their, their three-point defense is ranked first in the NCAA. So, uh, very different team from last year. Arkansas has improved their free throw percentage uh, by quite a bit. I think they ranked in the hundreds, and now they ranked now they rank twelfth in the NCAA shooting, uh, like seventy eight percent. So, very different Arkansas team. But Eric Musselman really wants his guys to stay even keel and focus one game at a time because the schedule is about to get a lot lot harder. If you take a look at um, strength of schedule through all these games, Georgia Tech has been Arkansas's toughest game. Um, they rank 69th in Ken Palm, and Western Kentucky ranks 94th. So technically, if you just go by those rough statistics, you would think Arkansas could easily beat Western Kentucky because Arkansas is, Arkansas is ranked um, 29th in Ken Palm. So. Arkansas has the big advantage. Uh, they have 17 votes uh, in the AP Top 25 coming into this week. 
I would like to say that a win over Western Kentucky would help bump them into the top 25, but unless a bunch of teams lose, it doesn't look like it because there were a bunch of programs ahead of Arkansas in the team's earning votes this past week. Western Kentucky is 6-3, and three, and they have a two-game slide right now uh, with losses to Bowling Green, Louisville, and Wright State. Um, their most recent loss was just a two-point loss um, on the road, so they're probably pretty hungry for a win over there in Bowling Green. Um, Six and three isn't really how you want to start your season off, but they beat Austin P, who Arkansas just beat uh, 97 to 75, and were obviously able to put up a lot more points than Arkansas was uh, with their win over Austin P on Tuesday night. Arkansas scored 69, won in 69-61. Uh, that was kind of a brutal game to watch, uh, mostly because of the constant whistles. There were 40 overall uh, for both teams. So that was a pretty tough one. Eric Musselman was upset about the number of turnovers as well. Most notably, Mason Jones had six all by himself, but Arkansas was able to finally uh, kind of break the seal on shooting and they went 22 of 46 with nine three-pointers. I think that's the most three-pointers they've had so far this season, so that's pretty huge. But 21 turnovers kind of dampened the mood there. They were able to distance themselves by finally Desi Sills hitting two back-to-back threes. I think that put them up by 13 points, uh, and then they just kind of cruised to the end there. A lot of questions that we had for Eric Musselman today had to do with how Arkansas plans to handle Charles Bassey, who is Western Kentucky's best player. He averages 15.9 points per game. He's got 15 blocks on the season. Uh, he averages 9.6 rebounds. He's obviously uh, their best player. He's probably NBA bound. He uh, tested the draft waters last season and then decided to come back to school. Uh, he shoots 52%. He's not an outside guy at all, but he's, he's tried to take some shots from outside. Arkansas will have to decide whether they want to play small or play big against this team. Uh, against Georgia Tech, they kind of played small and it worked out for them, although it was a battle until the last minute. A lot of people liked what they saw from Ethan Henderson on Tuesday night in his seven, almost a half minutes. He scored um, two points, but it was a big dunk, and he had three blocks. Uh, so that was pretty awesome, but he also had three fouls, and those are the kinds of things that Eric Musselman uh, doesn't want to see and will probably limit his playing time. I know a lot of people are excited to see him, but both Arkansas and Western Kentucky like to stick to uh, like a seven-man rotation um, their, their players after that only get like um, six minutes per game. So that sounds about right. Uh, Arkansas probably won't play Ethan Henderson that much as long as Reggie Chaney and Adrio Bailey don't get into a lot of early foul trouble. Overall, I'm really liking what I'm seeing for this team, but the schedule gets a lot, lot harder. As I said, um, a win against Western Kentucky on the road would be very big, especially given the history between the two teams. Arkansas will want to keep up what they're doing defensively, but it might be a lot tougher with Charles Bassey being such a strong inside presence. 
they claim to have, you know, sort of a game plan for him if they force Ar- or if they force Western Kentucky to throw it inside to him. Arkansas has a pretty good uh, deflection stat right now with Adrio Bailey getting a bunch of those, Reggie Cheney getting a bunch, um, and then Ethan Henderson even has like seven or something. So they've got a plan for the big man inside but they're going to need to continue scoring the ball and limit turnovers. Arkansas hasn't been getting a ton of national media love, even though they do have one of the best defenses in the nation. I believe they're fifth in the NCAA, averaging 52 points per game with scoring defense, and they even rank sixth in the nation in forced turnovers with uh, 20.25. So uh, that's... That's big time for Arkansas with uh, 10.8 steals. But the national media attention isn't really coming because Arkansas is so small and they haven't been able to score a lot of points. Um, That being said, in the five games that Arkansas has scored only 60 points, um, Arkansas is 5-0. Obviously, they've got a perfect record so far. So um, coincidentally, Eric Musselman is only 12-11 uh, when his team score in the 60s. So this defense is very legit. Um, it'll obviously get tougher as the season goes on and the um, the schedule gets tougher, but I don't think even Eric Musselman expected this type of play from his guys. Uh, a big factor for him is keeping his team as even keel as he can. Uh, he said that this team is not one that can really afford to look ahead to anything, nor can they go back and prop themselves up on this 8-0 record, especially with the uh, the strength of schedule that they've had so far. I think overall they rank somewhere in the 260s or 270s in strength of schedule this, this year, and that's because their first eight games um, have been pretty uh, have been against some pretty weak opponents. A big part of the um, even keel aspect that Eric Musselman has been promoted promoting for the team has been uh, grad transfer Jimmy Witt. He has just been such a steady presence for Arkansas. He really slows things down uh, and and distributes the ball well and just manages to create shots for himself when they need him to. Uh, If you listen to him talk, he just sounds like a very level-headed young man. Um, Just listen to Eric Musselman talk about where this team is and kind of what he wants his guys to um, play with this mindset. Like, how do we take one game at a time? That's who we are this year. We're not a team that can look forward to anything. We're not a team that can look backwards on anything. I mean, we got one, you know, one thing to worry about. It's Western Kentucky. Um, we do have some really tough games coming up on the schedule. Certainly, this is the beginning of it—a road game against a really talented team. Um, but you just got to go one at a, one at a time. And, and uh, Georgia Tech was a good win. I mean, they played well against Nebraska last night. And and um, you know, with with the conference that they're in, they're strength of schedule is that's going to help us um you know because we looked at even last night we looked at power five schools where they are strength of schedule wise even teams that that don't win their league or finish in the middle of like the georgia tech game is going to be a good a, a pretty good game for us because of the being a true road game and 
Um, it's the same thing with, with Western. I mean, everybody understands that that's a hard place to play. Um, so I, where we are, I don't really know because it's only eight games. I think we've had some really good moments. And then we've had some really teachable moments where, where maybe, you know, um, I haven't been in the greatest mood or feel like we've got some holes that we got to continue to address. Um, and one of those is just shooting, which is, which is kind of out of our opponent's control to some degree. And it's kind of, you know, up to us to make shots. Coming up, I sat down with Eric Musselman's director of basketball operations, Anthony Ruda. He started his career as a student manager at Arizona State University, quickly moved up the ranks, was a D-League coach, and then ended up being an assistant at one point for Eric Musselman at Nevada before promptly jumping to Arkansas with him. Uh, stay tuned for that. That's coming up next. All right, everybody, I'm here with Anthony Ruda, the Director of Basketball Operations for Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Anthony, you have had somewhat of a meteoric rise with Eric Musselman. You stayed with him for a very long time, but you started as a, a student manager at Arizona State. How did you come up through basketball, and just how did you land in that initial position, and how did you get to where you are now? Well, I think it's just, you know, it's kind of crazy sometimes how life works. And I had went to Arizona State as a student, and I'd always wanted to get into coaching. I didn't really know how. And then after my freshman year, um, ended up being a student manager with Herb Sendek and kind of was able to work my way up uh, to a graduate assistant job. And that's how I was able to meet Coach Musman, able to work with him for two years at Arizona State. What made you want to be a coach? Uh, do you play high school basketball, stuff like that? Yeah, so I, I mean, in high school, I played basketball and football. I was actually a much better football player than I was basketball player, but basketball is always kind of like my passion. And, you know, you realize pretty young when, you know, you see the end of the line. And um, so, you know, I was, I was really excited to get into coaching. It's just one of those things where I really didn't know how. And then I just, you know, ended up getting really lucky at Arizona State. And here I am now. What was the D-League like and, and working with those pro athletes? I mean, the, the, the D-League was an unbelievable experience. Um, you know, I highly recommend any young coach, if you can, uh, you know, ever get into that position to definitely pursue that because in six months working in the D-League, it's like five or six years of a college season because you're playing 50-some-odd games and, you know, it's practice every day and you're just – strictly focused on the basketball side of things. There's, you know, not the academics, the compliance, all that stuff that kind of consumes a college basketball coach, where in the D-League it's strictly basketball. And when Eric Musselman got the call to come here to Arkansas, how easy of a decision was that? Oh, it was a no-brainer. I mean, he called me probably, you know, an hour or so before it was going to be official and said, hey, you know, I don't know what position – what the pay is, anything like that, but you know, I'd love to have you on staff at Arkansas. And actually, the same day he flew to Arkansas, uh, that Sunday, I flew to Tulsa and drove, and probably got here around one in the morning that Monday, and you know, been here ever since. How exciting was it for you? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you know, Arkansas traditionally is one of the best jobs in all college basketball, and then 
you know, to be able to work with Coach Musselman, who, you know, not only from a X and O standpoint or recruiting and creativity, um, you know, he's the best coach I've ever been around, you know, hands down. And, um, you know, if he told me, hey, we're going to hire you to change the trash every day and clean the backboards, I would do it in a heartbeat. What do you take as one of your more serious roles here? Like, you can't mess this up. What What is that? Um. You know, I feel like I can't mess anything up around here, but, um, you know, I, I think just just being around coach and just kind of knowing, um, you know, what his expectations are on things and, you know, what he's looking for in something. And, you know, it's a kind of a new staff. I mean, there are some guys that he's worked with previously at Nevada, but for the most part, our staff is kind of new. So, um, you know, I've kind of been like the middleman in a lot of things where, you know, coach might say something or, hey, we want to guard something like this or, you know, something recruiting-wise and somebody might say, hey, you know, what exactly did he mean? And it's just kind of, you know, because I've been around coach for so long, I kind of know um, what he was thinking on certain things. You had a big hand in scheduling at Nevada. How much of that are you doing here and how big of a responsibility is that? I think scheduling is a, a huge part, um, you know, whether you're at Arkansas or whether you're at Nevada, um, being able to build out that non-conference schedule is uh, really important, and, you know, I kind of took that on, um, you know, from the start once I got to Arkansas, and, um, you know, it's kind of two different animals, like, at Nevada, playing in the Mountain West, you don't have as many opportunities for, um, you know, some of those uh, quad one, quad two type wins, so you have to really schedule a challenging schedule in the non-conference, whereas much here, um, you know, you, you still got to play some tough games in the non-conference, but there's so many, you know, opportunities for quad one and quad two wins once you get to SEC play. So you kind of got to balance your schedule where you don't want it to be too light, but you also don't want it to be too hard as well. I know a lot of fans would like to see Arkansas in one of those kind of big tournaments where there's a real winner and all that kind of stuff. How big of a goal is that for you guys? No, I mean, definitely, like, over the next like, couple of years, we're in the process of, signing contracts and you know they're they're in administration's hands right now um but that that's our goal too i mean we want to play in uh, big time tournaments be able to get that exposure and be able to play some really good teams early on in the in the non-conference be able to you know see where we're at so i think like going forward that's something year to year we're going to you know be in those high level tournaments what's been some of the most surprising things here at arkansas maybe the facilities or the resources that you guys get here I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is just the fan support. Um, it's been incredible. I mean, everywhere you go in Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas, like, it's it's hogs. Like, there, there's Arkansas gear. Everybody has so much pride in the hogs, which is really cool to see. And then from a facilities perspective, um, you know, I'm still blown away. I've been here for six months, and you're just walking through our practice facility, walking into Bud, Bud Wall, and it's amazing. And, um, you know, the fans are just incredible. Our first game against Rice walking into Bud Walton, 17,000 fans. I remember being at Nevada, and we walked in for our first game, and me and Coach were like, this is so cool. Our first year, we had, I think, 4,500 against Portland State, and, you know, to be able to have 17,000, uh, it, it blows my mind. It really does. What about the, you know, obviously the added media attention? Do you feel like there's been an uptick in that? Yeah, I mean, Coach, Coach said it actually the other day. It's like, um, you know, he walks into uh, his press conference, whether that's, um, you know, a day before the game or after a game, and he said it's really like an NBA 
environment because there's so many different media members where, you know, at Nevada, there's a handful of people that covered the program. But, you know, I think from an Arkansas perspective, I mean, this really is a big show in town. I mean, obviously not having any pro sports in the state. So, um, you know, from that perspective, I mean, it's, it's been pretty wild. You guys are 8-0. No, there's not much more that you can hope for, but how are you guys feeling about how this season started? Well, I think anytime you win a game, I mean, it's, it's really, really hard to win a game in college basketball, let alone be able to start 8-0. No. I mean, um, from a defensive perspective, I think our guys are really, really playing well and buying into our defensive game plan. And then, um, you know, offensively, we just, you know, and, and it's like that across the board from an offensive perspective, but we just got to get better, you know, got to make make some of these open shots and um, you know they'll come down over time but right now our calling card has been our defense. Is it kind of a big benefit for Coach Musselman to have you on staff here as you're almost kind of like a, a fourth assistant? I mean I'd like to say I'm a benefit but um, who knows uh, but but in all seriousness um, you know I, I think you know I'm able to provide a, a different perspective on things you know having been in the assistant role and um, you know I think we have a really good staff with Coach Crutch, um, having coached so many guys that you know have gone on from college to the NBA. Uh, coach Williams, having played in the NBA, been a former Division One head coach, been a high major assistant, and then Coach Moser, um, in all reality, uh, should be on an NBA bench, but without um, you know Coach Musselman's connection and whatever was able to learn him here after the Lakers. So um, you know I'm learning so much from everybody around here. Musselman has had a bunch of different assistants. Uh, what is it that makes him, I wouldn't say hard to work for, but he, he has a lot of coaching turnover. Is it just his high standards? Well, I, th I, think, I think a lot of that, too, is, you know, like opportunity. Like if you go back to even like our year one and year two at Nevada, like being able to hire a guy like Dave Rice, who had just been fired from UNLV head coach and, you know, he had an opportunity to be the associate head coach at University of Washington. And then uh, you look at a guy like Rex Walters last year, who technically wasn't an assistant coach, was a special assistant to the head coach, and went from, you know, a special assistant job in the Mountain West to the associate head coach job at Wake Forest. Um, so I think, like, a you know, a lot of that stuff is opportunity, and a lot of that is, um, you know, just, just the way college basketball is. What's... Eric Musselman's number one pet peeve. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think coaches, um, you know, probably his his biggest pet peeve is just uh, lack of preparation. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you have a certain way you want to guard something or there's a certain recruit or whatever, whatever the case is, um, you know, he just wants to, you know, know that you've kind of done your research, you've, you've talked to people or you have you know, multiple plans for something before you bring it to his desk because, um, you know, he doesn't want to just hear, like, we should do this. Well, why should we do that? Like, what, you know, and he wants to talk through it. And I think, like, that's probably, like, his biggest pet peeve, per se, just, like, you know, hey, let's do this. Well, why, why are we going to do that? So so that's for you guys. For for me, I was yeah. thinking, like, oh, any ref out there at all? <laughs> um, you, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, especially like going back to like Nevada, um, he he really like he's like a magician when it comes to the referees because he knows how to toe the line and like you know he never really crosses it like he he knows like because he's been in a lot of these referee seminars and he knows like 
you know, certain positions the refs are and whose call it is on the floor and where if he complains about a bad call, it's, well, the reason I'm complaining is because that was his call. That wasn't your call. And the refs kind of know, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. I got you. Well, you guys have obviously gotten off to, I don't want to say historic, but landing four, four stars, all from the state of Arkansas. <laughs> that that's a pretty big deal. Uh, you guys are probably going to finish with a top ten class. What does that mean for you guys in the future, and what kind of statement does it make to in-state recruits, especially? Well, I think it's a it's a testament to um, you know not only Coach Musselman and the assistant coaches, but all the way down to our graduate assistants that kind of pitch in with with everything. And you know, one thing that Coach Musselman does a really good job, especially when it comes to the recruiting aspect, is empowering everybody and he's always looking for new ideas and he's looking for you know creativity and you know as much as the assistant coaches and coach Musselman are on the phone and um, you know seeing these guys on campus um, you know it's the sports staff it's the graduate assistants everybody pitching in on that front. Cool well you guys are back on the road on Saturday Western Kentucky you worried about that one at all? Yeah I mean I, I think any game you know it, it has its own narrative, but, uh, you know, Western Kentucky came into Bud Walton last year and, you know, they beat Arkansas and, you know, having a star player like Charles Bassey, who's a, you know, future first round NBA pick with tremendous size. And, you know, right now that's probably our one biggest deficiency is our lack of size. So we're going to have to do a really good job, um, you know, guarding him. He's going to have to have, you know, 10 eyeballs on him at all times. But, you know, we feel like there's a lot of stuff that we do well that we can be able to, you know, take Western Kentucky at some stuff. Well, best of luck. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure the people will love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town Okay, guys, so I waited to record this episode until the last possible minute because, you know, given how this coaching search has gone so far, uh, any minute things could change. So it is currently Thursday night, and a lot has gone on. I'm going to kind of break it down chronologically by how this thing has panned out. Obviously, we're almost a month into this coaching search. There wasn't a lot of... Um, face-to-face communication at all for the first three weeks but uh, once the regular season ended this weekend Hunter Yurchek and John Fagg and Steve Cox they hopped on the plane planes multiple planes who knows to go interview a bunch of coaches Uh, the first confirmed report that we got of a interviewed coach was on Sunday and that was Lane Kiffin uh, a group of Hogbeat subscribers and other Arkansas fans tracked a plane that went to many different locations, including New Orleans, um, Idaho, which is close to Pullman, Washington, where Mike Leach is, went to Boca Raton, went to Texas, lots of different places. Uh, and I've heard that the interviews had have continued as of, you know, Tuesday night when the basketball game was going on, the um the athletics director, Hunter Yurchek, was still out on the road uh, looking and interviewing and all that kinds of stuff. And then Wednesday, he was also supposedly out of the office doing the same thing. 
I'm not really sure on Thursday today what he's been up to, but word is that interviews have continued over the last 24 hours. Starting with Lane Kiffin, the Florida Atlantic head coach, Arkansas seemed to be the top destination for him given um, who had open jobs at the time, but since then both Missouri and Ole Miss have opened up their coaching searches, and while Missouri doesn't have the money to be able to compete for Lane Kiffin's services, it's really between Arkansas and Ole Miss, and as of Thursday night, there has been a lot more steam for Ole Miss. Uh, The insiders over at Rebel Grove, our friends at the Ole Miss rival site, they say that the excitement has picked up for Lane Kiffin a lot today, and um, all the Arkansas excitement with Lane was on Monday for us. So a lot has happened in the last 36 hours in the Arkansas coaching search. Um, Matt Campbell signed an extension on Monday or Tuesday. Mike Leach signed an extension with Washington State after we know that he interviewed with Arkansas on Monday. So uh, a couple candidates are out especially Mike Leach, that's important because he seemed like the uh, presumed backup. Now, we have no idea really for certain how the order of these um, coaching candidates uh, looks like, but I had a good idea that Mike Leach was pretty high up on the list just based on his record um, and that Lane Kiffin, with his history with Hunter Juracek, Um, Juracek tried to hire him at Houston before they hired uh, Major Applewhite. That connection between them has been strong, and he has been the guy that uh, Juracek has pushed to the board. Um, The talk on Wednesday was that there were uh, big money donors, such as Jerry Jones, who wasn't really on board with Lane Kiffin, given his record isn't honestly you know, that impressive, but, you know, he is a um, offensive guru type. Uh, He could assemble a pretty good staff considering all of the places that he's worked and the people that he knows in the industry. He's a former head coach's son, so he's got a lot of things going for him, including his age. He's only in his um, 40s, so being a young coach, you imagine that they've got quite a few years left in their career to to coach and just the perception of it with recruiting and everything we talked to Rob Cassidy the Arkansas rivals um, or the rivals regional recruiting analyst for Florida and he said that Lane Kiffin has made a very big impression on high school football coaches in Florida and that if Lane Kiffin was to go to either Arkansas or Ole Miss recruiting in Florida would pick up uh, big time and the coaches there love how much he's shown his face and um, on the other hand I've heard a lot about how uh, he's not a very organized recruiter Um, assistant coaches have a hard time uh, you know making sure he's in the right place the right time there's been a lot of talk about his personal uh, life and just how He's been maybe a romancer and all that kinds of stuff, maybe cheated on his wife. That's the kind of stuff that we don't dive into too much. Um, 
the coaching ranks are rife with with coaches like that so it's not necessarily something that would count a coach out but it's definitely kind of a black mark but I read yesterday a piece that he wrote I think it was something like athletes for God Uh, he said that he has really matured and changed and a book that he read really inspired him that it's not about him and all this stuff and I don't know how much of that is you know, true and, and really how he is now and how much of that is a PR stunt to make him seem more hireable to these big Power 5 programs these days. The question now is if Arkansas is not able to um, beat out Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin, who is next? A lot of the names that have been brought up uh, haven't really uh, been very, very favorable to Arkansas fans. I'm talking about guys like Butch Davis, Skip Holtz, um, Willie Fritz. Uh, I don't, I haven't heard anything on Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente, but the thing is, if by Sunday we don't hear definitively, uh, well, if this week we don't hear anything definitive, that we know that uh, Hunter Yurchuk is going after someone playing this weekend, right? Um, but then if it waits until next week, if we get to late Monday and Tuesday and we haven't heard anything, we kind of know that Hunter Yurchik might have struck out, and at that point we we got to really start worrying because he had a good three weeks over these other programs that fired their coaches at the end of the season versus Arkansas firing them with um, three weeks to go left in the season. As for a lot of stuff that people talked about this morning with the assistant coaches, um, I was told that some of them were in the office yesterday and that uh, even though they were told this morning that they could take it easy and kind of chill with their families and then come in later, uh, no one's been told to list their house or anything like that. Um, If it was me, I would bet that um, you you retain maybe one – assistant coach from Chad Morris's staff. I would lean towards Barry Lunny given how long he's been here and his history with the program and his tie to Arkansas and recruiting. But I'd also consider Jeff Trailer, who as of this morning we reported that he'll be in the running for the head coaching position at Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. Um, that's obviously a really good fit for him being that he recruits East Texas very, very hard. This coaching search, a lot of people are freaking out right now because as of Thursday night, um, it looks like Ole Miss has really won over Lane Kiffin and that maybe his agent, Jimmy Sexton, is using Arkansas a bit to get more money out of Ole Miss, which is kind of what we thought that he was um, doing the the opposite way, that um, Lane Kiffin was maybe using Ole Miss to get more money from Arkansas, but... Uh, Ole Miss's primary target was Mike Norvell, who now seems pretty much bound for Florida State. I feel like that's the general consensus at this point. Uh, A lot of people at Florida State thought that Bob Stoops was still in the mix, but alas, he showed up at uh, the Dallas Renegades minicamp this morning, as expected, and he continues to say that, you know, there's, there's nothing going on with these college programs that keep talking about him. So with FSU probably getting Mike Norvell, it looks like Ole Miss. Like I said yesterday, I posted a little um, live chat on YouTube. I said that if 
Ole Miss was to miss on Mike Norvell, they would pivot all their attention to uh, Lane Kiffin, and it looks like they've already done that without waiting for uh, any any official papers to be signed or anything like that. Um, man, it, it's been a crazy 24 hours for sure in the rumor mill. There's not a whole lot of concrete um, evidence of what is going on between Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin. It's all just what people have been hearing, and it seems like a lot of people are kind of riding emotions. Uh, uh, someone will get worried and share that worry with someone else, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, we're no longer in the mix, stuff like that. But we haven't heard anything solid, so I would just kind of wait this out, see what happens this weekend. I still expect Sunday to be kind of the big day uh, where we hear a lot of what exactly the plan is but I know a lot of people are continuing to track planes and all that kinds of stuff so for more on the Arkansas coaching search obviously stay locked on Hogbeat. When we come back I'm going to kind of open it up and talk about recruiting and what the next head coach kind of has to face when he arrives at Arkansas. This week on Hogbeat, I wrote about the biggest challenges facing the next Arkansas head coach, and there's quite a lot of them. If you are arguing why Lane Kiffin might want to go to Ole Miss instead of Arkansas, I think the two or the three biggest things would have to be, first of all, recruiting. It is very, um, not very easy, but it's much easier to recruit in the state of Mississippi than Arkansas. Uh, they have consistently larger classes of D- of Division One talent than the state of Arkansas has. Of course, they're competing with uh, Mississippi State for that talent uh, and some of the blue blood programs around the nation that like to pick off talent from these um, rich states that have a lot of recruits. But uh, just in terms of easy contact and being able to sell yourself, there are more Division One prospects in the state of Mississippi than in Arkansas. Um, another reason is that Mississippi or Ole Miss's recent record is much better than Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas has three straight seasons below 500, and they haven't done that since World War II. So it Arkansas is arguably in the worst position it has been in a very, very, very long time. Uh, there is a lot of pressure on this next head coach. They will be taking on a 19-loss season. Uh, not a 19-loss season. A 19-loss SEC streak. That's a lot of pressure. And there's no guarantee that it happens right away next year. Now, I would uh, wager that whoever it is, if they are a good enough coach, they can absolutely... Uh, win an SEC game with whatever roster talent they have. Arkansas should have been able to and could have done that in this past 2019 season. Uh, They were very close against A&M and very close against Kentucky, and then after that, obviously, it fell off a cliff. But if they had worked out their quarterback issues and other stuff, I think they easily could have won. But the fact remains, that streak still hangs over whoever takes this job. Uh, And following that point, um, roster depth. Arkansas is desperately going to need a 2020 quarterback. Uh, Luckily, Jacoby Criswell 
he hasn't signed on the dotted line or anything, so they could go get him. But if you're looking at the depth of the position, uh, you have K.J. Jefferson, who is obviously who a lot of people want to be the future of this program. But it all depends on if he fits the system that the new head coach is going to run. Arkansas is going to need more talent at wide receiver. If Rakeem Boyd leaves, there's no guarantee that any of the guys on the roster can fill his shoes. The tight end position is going to be very slim. They've only got three scholarship tight ends coming back next season. Uh, With Silas Robinson entering the transfer portal this week to go back closer to home, Arkansas has a projected 13 scholarship uh, offensive lineman for next season, and they don't have any committed in this 2020 class. The defensive line is stacked, but... uh, There's no guarantee that anyone on the roster right now is going to immediately be able to fill the void left by McTelvin Ajim. And then at linebacker, I mean, you should probably be carrying 12 to 13 linebackers on your roster. Uh, Scholarship players in Arkansas only has eight, with a couple of them being former walk-ons or blue shirts. So that is clearly an issue. Luckily, Arkansas has two linebackers committed in the 2020 class already, one being an in-state guy that will very likely hold on. Um, but uh, defensive back is probably the one position that seems okay as long as your talent is developed in the right way. Uh, the new head coach is going to have to be able to quickly identify where they need uh, immediate help, uh, where they can go to the transfer portal, There are 110 grad transfers already in the portal, ready for next season. 65 of them are from the Power 5 level, so most of those are going to transfer down a level. Uh, But some of them might be good enough to uh, continue on at the Power 5 level, like, uh, say, Florida's Felipe Franks. That would be a good one. Um, Arkansas's brand has been tarnished, but... It won't be that hard to recruit to Arkansas if your coach can sell the program. Chad Morris did that well in his first recruiting class. It wasn't going very well for 2020, but you have the playing time to sell. So once again, you can convince kids to come here as long as you have shown that you can win at this level. And Lane Kiffin, for for example, is one guy that has been able to do that. Um... As far as recruiting goes, one of the first stops for the next head coach is definitely going to be to Blaine Toll's house. The Hazen defensive end plans to sign and enroll early, so getting to his house and convincing him perhaps not to flip to Arkansas State or something where his girlfriend goes, that would be very big for the next head coach. There are only um, something like 10 more days left in this contact period, so this stuff has to get resolved this weekend. I don't think there's much hope for this 2020 class uh, signing or becoming much of anything for the early signing period, but you still got to start getting on these guys, maybe convince some players around the nation who weren't looking to sign early to start looking at Arkansas now for the February recruiting period. This is an updating situation constantly, so just stay locked on Hogbeat. Uh, I love talking to you guys every Thursday night. It's been awesome. Um, Stay tuned. You can get into Hogbeat for free for 30 days with code HAWGS30. Me and Andrew Hutchinson, he'll be back from paternity leave very soon, so we'll be back to our two-man crew on the podcast 
hopefully next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.